Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a, it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. We all love the video game industry. It's why we're here. But that doesn't mean that we love everything about it. So let's take a look at them. As I'm Jules, this is WhatCulture.com, and these are 10 things that everyone hates about modern video games. Number 10. Bloated gameplay as air quotes value. It truly does feel like games are less respectful of players' time than ever before nowadays. Never have AAA games in particular felt more egregiously bloated out with repetitive copy-paste side quests and substance-devoid collectible nonsense, which is intended solely to flood the map and present a massive time sink to completionist players who just can't help themselves. And somewhere Gerard Khalil is just weeping silently. My heart goes out to you, mate. Ubisoft are far and away the most significant repeat offenders here, with their open-world AAA formula committed to turning 20-hour games into 100-hour slogs. And that's without even getting into the many video games that are bogged down with unnecessary skill trees and needlessly convoluted progression systems that don't even fit the game style. Ultimately, this padding stems from an increasing desire for publishers to offer value as time spent rather than delivering a quality curated experience. With services like Xbox Game Pass making the prospect of day one retail purchases less appealing than ever before, the desperation to justify that 60 to 70 pound price tag is bore out through hollow promises that a game will eat up at least a few weeks of your life. Ultimately, the industry needs to embrace the idea that games should be as long as they need to be, but also priced to fit that length. The death of the 8-10 hour single-player AAA game is a real shame, and with the industry pushing massive empty worlds populated with boring, algorithm-created content so aggressively, they're never likely to come back in a major way. Number 9. Too Many Remakes and Remasters Though players have more choice and value at their hands than ever before, you'd scarcely know it from the exhausting number of remakes and remasters that are released every year. This is especially true in the AAA sphere, where it seems less risky to simply sell players' nostalgia-soaked childhoods back to them rather than, you know, come up with something new. That's not to say that all remakes and remasters are bad. I mean, Blue Point's Shadow of the Colossus remake was a major technical improvement, for one. But when the industry considers glossing up games that came out barely five years ago, it feels like a lazy, cynical calculation. More than anything, it underlines a lack of creativity while taking time away from developers who could actually be coming up with something fresh. Gamers are of course themselves largely to blame here, as their nostalgia receptors can be so easily pressed to make them part with their cash. If this obsession with raking over the past wasn't profitable, publishers just simply wouldn't do it. Number 8. Always Online Requirements and Performance Affecting DRM 
One of the most pervasively infuriating issues of the last decade or so of gaming has been the increasing requirement for games, even single-player ones, to be permanently connected to the internet in the apparent quest to combat piracy. Beyond online multiplayer titles, there is no good reason for placing a barrier between players and their game, given that all it does is punish those who actually paid to play it in the first place. If your internet connection isn't great or the servers go down, you're left with an unplayable piece of software. How is that okay? On the PC side of things, it's even more nefarious, what with the inclusion of intrusive DRM, which while intended to prevent new games from being cracked by pirates, often ends up adversely affecting paying customers. The irony in this case is that anyone who actually pirates an affected game with the DRM removed will have an objectively superior experience to those that did the morally right thing. Publishers need to dial back their fetishistic fascination with stamping out piracy and instead focus on making games that people actually want to pay for. Number 7. The Death of Split Screen As much as the technological advancement of video games has brought us so many amazing things, it's also taken something away, the irreplaceable fun of split-screen multiplayer. Now, while the appeal might be lost on the youngest gamers who only know of playing multiplayer games online with their friends, split-screen was, of course, the only way to play with your pals back in the day, as you all crowded around a single TV to do battle. Sadly, with the increasing ubiquity of easy online multiplayer over the last 15 years or so, developers have increasingly phased out split-screen mode such that even major franchises can't be relied upon to offer local split-screen gameplay. For anyone with fond memories of playing games like GoldenEye 007, Halo and Mario Kart's split-screen, it's a shame that its inclusion is becoming scarcer with each passing year. Number 6. Bull Shots and Misleading Marketing Publishers have proven time and time again that they will do whatever it takes to get your hard-earned cash, even flat-out lying about what their game really looks like. Such is the cottage industry of bullshots, whereby publishers will release gameplay images and videos of upcoming releases that isn't in fact representative of what it will look like in players' hands, perhaps the most infamous of all of these being Aliens Colonial Marines. Sometimes this is the result of the developers realizing that their original target visuals are just too high-spec to perform consistently, resulting in the receiving downgrades before release, as occurred with Watchdog years after its stunning E3 original trailer dropped. Other times, publishers may simply just pay a photo artist to retouch raw gameplay materials to make them look more polished, misleading players into expecting a more visually robust experience. Despite publishers being dragged for this time and time again over the years, it's still extremely common in the AAA sphere. Really, the best thing that you can do to combat this is to not pre-order your games and wait for reviews to assure you that you're not being swindled. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and t shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. This podcast is brought to you by Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates 
fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it just makes hiring all in one place so easy because you just get unparalleled access to job seekers. Plus, listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash WCG. Just go to Indeed.com slash WCG right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash WCG. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Number five, grotesquely large file sizes. As video games become more and more complex, it's only natural that they'll grow larger, though it's also fair to say that major AAA games have a real problem with their ballooning file size. I mean, take last year's Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War, which as of its Season 4 update weighs in at a stonking 219.8 gigabytes on PS5, accounting for almost one-third of the console's entire usable hard drive capacity. Though Cold War is at least installed in a modular fashion, allowing players to uninstall the campaign and zombies mode, it still speaks to a wider issue of exponentially increasing game sizes. It wasn't that long ago that 50 gigabytes was a massive file size, but with the ever-increasing demand for ultra-high resolution, uncompressed 4K textures, and the like, it follows that games will get that many times larger. One can only imagine how big the average AAA game is going to be in 5-10 to years from now. With the possibility of the next generation embracing 8K gaming, could that mean that we're going to see the first ever 1TB video game? The real issue here is that these file sizes are growing out of step with the average consumer's available storage solutions. And for many that still don't have lightning-fast internet connections, it simply becomes impossible to download a game within a reasonable time frame. Number 4. Crunch Culture and Treatment of Developers Now, while there are certainly many gamers who don't pay much attention to the inner workings of the gaming industry, it's becoming increasingly difficult to ignore the flagrantly unjust working conditions inflicted upon many that are in the business. In recent years, there's been increasing pressure upon AAA developers in particular to avoid subjecting their employees to brutalizing crunch practices, whereby team members can be asked to work upwards of 100 hours per week in the lead-up to a game going gold. The effects of crunch culture are far-reaching and extremely damaging to employees, ruining their mental well-being and potentially destroying relationships as they're unable to maintain a healthy work-life balance. The decades-long expectation that developers slog themselves away into a poor mental and physical state because making a video game is a privileged position is thankfully starting to die out, though the industry still has a long way to go to address crunch. Ubisoft has claimed lately that it's been able to produce the recent Assassin's Creed games free of massive crunch, all the while Rockstar and Naughty Dog have been thoroughly dragged for their brutal working conditions. The real solution to this is the formation of a game developers union, and while baby steps have already been made, it goes without saying that many publishers will actively do whatever it takes to prevent unionization. This is all without getting into how horribly fans can treat developers, because of course, nobody hates video games more than gamers themselves. Various employees working on Cyberpunk 2077, for instance, received death threats after the game was delayed last year, meaning that the senior game designer for the title had to remind fans that such behavior is completely unacceptable. Number 3. An Obsession with Metacritic Scores 
In much the same way that film fans obsess over the minutiae of Rotten Tomato scores, so too do gamers hang onto that single aggregated number assigned to a video game on Metacritic. But that isn't to say that the number can't be a useful guide when people want to determine whether a game's worth their money or not, but the fanatical fascination with the specific number often lurches into genuinely unsettling territory. So much does this one number mean to some people that they won't even consider playing a game with a score lower than, say, 80, and because of that apparent importance of Metacritic scores, publishers also buy into it. Almost a decade ago, it was famously reported that Fallout New Vegas developers Obsidian Entertainment had a performance bonus tied to the game's Metacritic score, and because they missed the target score by just one point, the team missed out on a hefty extra pay packet. There are surely many other unreported instances of such practices, underlying the industry's generally excessive, gross obsession with critical reception. Number 2. Releasing games that are blatantly unfinished It's certainly a benefit to everyone that video games are no longer released as a one-and-done deal, whereby whatever ends up on the disc is as good as we're ever going to get. Online functionality allows games to receive patches, to fix bugs, and generally whip them into shape, though this framework is far too often abused as a crutch for publishers who push unfinished games to market. With publishers never wanting to disappoint shareholders, there's an enormous pressure on developers to deliver a functioning game before a deadline, and if it's good enough, then publishers will just lob it out of the door even if there's still plenty of work to be done. But good enough, in a publisher's eyes, isn't necessarily the same for the player. I mean, take Cyberpunk 2077, which suffered a catastrophic backlash when it released long before it was clearly ready. That didn't stop the title from selling 13 million copies in 2020 alone, though, but CD Projekt Red are still fixing core aspects of the game. Once again, the only language that publishers understand is money, so the best thing that you can do for yourself and the industry is to not pre-order games on good faith and instead wait to see what day one reviews say. And number one, microtransactions. The true scourge of modern video games above all else must surely be microtransactions. The integration of additional minor purchases for players which, in games like Fortnite and Grand Theft Auto Online, can add up to billions of dollars in revenue. Purely cosmetic MTXs aren't inherently an awful thing, though there's certainly a lot to be said for the predatory practices often employed by publishers to exploit players with addictive personalities and, of course, children. Then there's the fact that many microtransactions will actively grant players an advantage or allow them to skip through the grind, effectively becoming a form of pay-to-win gaming. Marvel's Avengers recently added paid XP boosts despite Crystal Dynamics originally promising that they never would do that, and a FIFA 21 player discovered that he'd have to spend and 80,000 pounds or 22,000 hours in order to obtain his ultimate team dream team. This all feels infinitely more gross given the recent pricing uplift applied to current gen video games. If publishers truly aren't making enough dough from simply selling games and DLC, there are clearly major structural issues within the industry that need to be addressed. I've said many times before on podcasts and different videos, we should not foot the bill for the developer and publisher's choices. At the end of the day though, no matter how you look at it, this is nothing more more than craven greed, and part of a wider desire to increase corporate profitability while lining shareholders' pockets. And that is truly depressing. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. 
The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most. But if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.